Welcome to Love Curvy Yoga, the podcast that's all about the intersection between yoga and body acceptance. Today, my guest is Leslie Howard. I first found Leslie's work through a friend who was studying with her, and then I later took a couple workshops with her. And I have to tell you that before I took uh, Leslie's workshops, I considered myself a like fairly well-informed feminist and yogi, but afterwards I realized that I basically knew nothing at all about my pelvic floor or what yoga had to do with it. So I'm really grateful for Leslie and her work. Leslie is a yoga teacher with over 3,000 hours of study and 15 years of teaching who focuses on pelvic floor health and her work is truly empowering women and changing lives. Welcome, Leslie. Thank you, I'm so happy to be here. So I wanted to start with a question that I've been asking everybody, which is what was your relationship with your body like as a young person? Well, probably not atypical in that I think I was um, pretty unaware of my body mm -hmm. and, um, and only had a relationship to it in respect uh, to how it compared to the people on television or in magazines and things like that. So, mm -hmm. so if I had a relationship at all, it was negative. You know, mm -hmm. my breasts weren't large enough, my hips weren't curvy enough, my legs weren't long enough. You know, um, and I, you know, I really talk a lot about this in my workshops about how women just take on this negative, negative, uh, constant voice inside their head because we've been, you know, we've been sold a bill of goods, I like to say, uh, yeah. of what, you know, any typical woman might look like. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So pretty disconnected and, um, and, and dissatisfied, I would say, with my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did yoga come into your relationship with your body? Like when did you start practicing and did that start affecting how you feel felt about your body? Um, well, I think I came to yoga the way a lot of people come to yoga is I was in pain. Um, mm. I, was, uh, I was in my mid-20s and living in New York City and I had a kind of a challenging job of sales and I was, you know, walking around a lot, carrying heavy things and sitting a lot of the time. So my lower back hurt. And so I remember telling a friend and she said, Oh, I heard yoga's good for this. Good for that. You know, mm -hmm. and this was before like there was a yoga studio on every corner, let me remind you, because I'm fifty one. <laughs> um, so it was a long time ago. And so there was a little uh, kind of prolific center in the neighborhood, and I signed up for the intro to yoga. And wow, I mean, I just was like, I'm so out of touch with my body. I was so like, it was like, wow, I'm actually feeling my body. And um, I was hooked. Like, you know, by the third or fourth class, I was just like, oh my God, I need to do this every week. And then every week turned into twice a week. And right. then I got curious, like, what other styles of yoga are there? You know, and then one thing led to another, and then I ended up in my first teacher training. But, um, you know, I think, I can't say there was a definitive moment of when yoga, you know, miraculously changed my body image. Mm -hmm. But I have to say it definitely did. And, and, you know, it's also hard to tease out, you know, I think as women get a little bit older from their 20s that there's more self-acceptance, at least I hope so. Right. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that, a little bit more of self-acceptance and coming into who you are as a, as a human being. And, um, but yoga, what yoga does is it really asks 
you to feel what is going on inside of you. And I do not think our culture um, supports that in general. I think our culture very much supports pulling you out of yourself. Um, And so I think just, you know, returning to my practice over and over again and asking what do I feel, what do I feel, what do I feel, um, you know, you become much more in touch with everything. So I know my sex life improved drastically because I was interested in what do I feel, Mm -hmm. not just like the act of it, you know. Right. Um, Just everything became more enjoyable. Um, My husband jokes that it's a blessing and a curse because he's like, you feel everything, good and bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. And, you know, that that is the downside of, you know, cultivating subtlety of feeling. Um, but I'd much rather have that than the other, right. you know, because, because boy, there's just so much going on inside of ourselves that we can divorce ourselves from. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so I think yoga know, was a huge contributing factor to my body acceptance. Yeah. And it seems like everything you're describing about becoming more in touch with subtlety in your body leads right into the pelvic floor work is that true what kind of got you got started with that well I I had to laugh at your introduction because I was like oh I feel the same way it was like I really thought I knew the body and I really thought I'm a feminist and I you know like I know about all this stuff I mean I was shocked when I did your workshop I was just like I know absolutely zero about any of this that's exactly how I felt when I embarked on studying this I was just like how come no one's ever told me this stuff how come I've never heard this you know, so yeah. so on the heels of what I just said about getting in touch with my body and all that, I I joke that there you know is there there's invisible but the red circle flash sign. You know what I'm talking about? The, yeah. You know, the, don't go here, don't do this thing. <laughs> there's a red circle flash around the pelvis in yoga. Yeah. Um, you know, like we don't we talk about the hip joint and maybe occasionally we'll talk about the groin or. You know, maybe what the buttocks should should or shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. and yet, like pelvic floor. <laughs> I never even heard anyone say those words before. Like now, again, now I'm talking about eight years ago. I started studying this, and I was like, pelvic floor. Okay, pelvic floor. I get it. I kind of know what it is, <laughs> but. I don't really know what it is. So, yeah. so really my first teacher was a physical therapist who specialized uh, in pelvic floor, but she was also a yoga teacher. And, um, you know, her teaching was if you're female and you're getting older, then your pelvic floor is falling and weakening and you know, all that. And you need to get you need to strengthen, strengthen, strengthen. So, mm. because I didn't know, I didn't know any better. I, that's all, you know, wow, this is all new information. She must be right. Cause I didn't have any, you know, I didn't have anything relevant to even compare it to. So I did what she told me to, which was, you know, contracting and engaging my pelvic floor and, you know, working, I, you know, I was just kind of stuck it on to the end of my yoga practice for like five, 10 minutes at, at the end of my practice. I would go, okay, I'm going to do my pelvic floor exercises. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a little bit over a year later, I started having, well, actually sex became really painful. Like it became like not pleasurable. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, penetration was very 
part, if, if possible. Like, sometimes it happened, sometimes it didn't. And I was just like, what is going on? Yeah. You know, I was like, I again, I was, again, lost. I was like, I've been doing all this stuff. Like, what's wrong? Um, right. And then I went to a physical therapist that um, specializes in pelvic pain, which is what I was having. And she said to me, you know, your pelvic floor muscles are so tight, that's why you're having a pain. Oh. And it was just balls going off and angels singing, and I'm like, oh my god. Oh. Like, it never occurred to me, it never occurred to me that, you know, of course a muscle can be too tight. Our hamstrings are always too tight, right? Right. You know, like, why wouldn't your pelvic floor? And I was just like, I told her I was doing these exercises. She's like, okay, you're not doing any more of these exercises. <laughs> you know, we've got to get these muscles to loop. Oh, yeah. And, wow, that was just that was cathartic because it was just you know like an opposite view. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first view that I was given was and your muscles are getting weak and you have to get some stronger. Well, guess what? <laughs> That's not true for everybody. Right. And so that that was the beginning of my serious inquiry. Um, I, well, let me, let me not say that. I, I was seriously interested in the pelvic floor the first time I heard about it and, you know, I took my first class with the, the PT. But, um, but now it was like, oh, the story, there's much more to the story than I know. And being a yoga teacher, a long-time yoga practitioner, yoga teacher, I was like, of course a muscle can be too tight. And of course if a muscle is tight, it's not strong. And God, mm-hmm. all of these things just started like, you know, just adding up to, okay, oh, this is why every pelvic exam I've ever had was painful. And, mm. oh, yeah, I, got, I was raised in college. Yeah, okay, so I've done talk therapy about that. Never occurred to me that I'm going to be holding the tension from that in my pelvis. Right. Um, you, know, uh, you know, and all women have had, you know, it, it would be rare to find a woman who's had only positive experiences around her pelvis. Right. You know? Yeah. I'm not saying it's not possible, but there's just so much pain in a woman's pelvis, mm-hmm. you know, from maybe a painful menstrual cycle, maybe from feelings of shame, maybe from feelings of um, inadequacy, maybe disappointing um, relationships, maybe horrible first time you have sex, like who's first time is great. Like, I don't know very many people that say that. Right. Uh, no. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, you know, we're taking, you know, just the women's anatomy is about taking things in. Mm-hmm. And I think that our pelvis is just like this amazing place where we can take in things and also just lock them away and try to forget about them. Right. So, you know, I've had surgeries. I've had difficult periods I've had. I've had uh, yeast infections a lot when I was younger. And I was just like, oh my God. It was like all adding up. It was like, of course I have tight muscles. Because what does a human being do against pain? Yeah. They they grip. And and where do they grip? Well that's that might be individual, but but we grip. Mm-hmm. You know? If you're anticipating something bad to happen Many people will, you know, hunch their shoulders up and kind of protect their belly, right? Yeah. But if you think about something like sexual abuse, 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, the official statistics of sexual abuse in our country are one in four, but, you know, that's the official. So you know it's more than that. Right. And think of what would your, what would your um, body do in anticipation of sexual abuse? Mm-hmm. And it would crunch up. So, you know, there's, there's so many reasons why a woman's pelvis might be tight. It could be, it could be a, a, you know, a, a, a difficult labor, um, you know, uh, you know, just a lot of women think, oh, I've had babies and my pelvic floor is not, is not loose or, you know, it's not, it's, you know, I need strengthening exercises. And they come to my workshop and they're like, wow, it never occurred to me that I could have the opposite problem. And, right. Because um, we have that myth that like you're, or that scare that you're going to get like too loose or whatever. Right. That's <laughs> right. And, and, you know, let's, let's just say how it is. I mean, it's just, it's definitely out there. Like, you know, you want to keep it tight. You want, you know, um, you know, I know there's certain populations of women that are told, you know, you don't want to have a vaginal birth because then your vagina will be loose and then your husband won't be happy. Mm. You know, I mean, that is out there. So, uh, and it's, you know, it's not even true. So, um, so anyway, so, you know, I have a, a little bit of an activist background and streak in me and it just, wow, it all just came together. It's like, love yoga. I love, um, you know, fighting for what I think is right. Mm-hmm. And um, so this just became my passion. Um, and, you know, just, just and, and a big advocate for women. Right. You know, like, I really feel like women get the short end of the stick everywhere. Yes, mm-hmm. it's better in the United States. It's better than most places in the world, but it could be better. Right. I mean, there was just an article in the New York Times, I don't know if you saw it, about, um, about the lack of research uh, on the female body. Oh, I didn't about, see that. Uh, it's about, they only use male mice. Did you see that? <laughs> no. So, I have no idea. So in, when they're testing a lot of new drugs, they only use male mice. Because the females are a little more complicated, it seems, you know? Right. They have, like, cycles, and, you know, so they just... For ease, for quote ease of research, they use male mice. Well, guess what? Women actually react very differently to a lot of these medications that the dosages have come out, you know, um, for men basically based on the male female body. Wow. Really, really interesting. And anyway, the NIH is, is really speaking out against it and, and only funding people that you know research both sexes with mice. So, anyway, I, I thought it was a great article. That's just me. That's just one example of how women get shortchanged. Yeah, I'll look that up and link it with the podcast so we can all check it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah okay. Sounds really okay. good. So, okay. so you, you, you mentioned <laughs> earlier, and this was my experience too, that pain brings a lot of people to yoga. So migraines brought me to yoga in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering, does pelvic floor pain bring women to yoga or do they find about, out about it maybe later when they're working with you or both? Um, that's a really good question. And I would probably have to say that I think pelvic pain might keep women from yoga because they think that it'll make it work. And some, and I have to say some styles of yoga will definitely make it work. Mm. Um, you know, like Ashtanga yoga, um, if, if women are doing a Mulabandha practice, if they're being told to engage their perineum, a lot and they're doing it and they're, you know, maybe they're doing it accurately, maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're just squeezing things, right? right. Squeezing things, 
already, if you're squeezing things that are already tight, well, you're going to leave class and go, wow, man, my pelvic pain is worse. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it might be the opposite. I think some women might, might stay away. Mm-hmm. Um, so sense. it varies, you know, I think yoga overall, it's just a general yoga class, you know, not even a special targeted yoga class can help, but, um, you know, what I'm doing is kind of really parsing out what poses are good for people with overly tight pelvises and what are poses and how to work the poses with overly loose pelvis mm-hmm. so that we're catering the yoga to the individual. Right. Not just hoping that a so, net will work. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I think, you know, yoga overall relaxes people and that, that's very healing in and of itself. Um, but, you know, we just, uh, I just finished a study that was just published in a peer-reviewed article um, at UCSF. We did a yoga for incontinence study, um, for stress incontinence, I'll say. And uh, we had 70% improvement in six weeks. Wow, um, which, that's amazing. Yeah, which is, yeah it's phenomenal. Um, and I can send you a link on, uh, you know, we, it was picked up by a lot of um you know, it was at the Huffington Post and a couple places. Yeah, um, So, so yeah. So we, um, it looks like we might be getting um, additional funding from the NIH to do a bigger study because they were so impressed with the, with the numbers on the pilot. Great. And then I just had a preliminary meeting uh, just yesterday about we've gotten funding to do yoga for pelvic pain. So I'm very excited about the direction this is all going. That's wonderful. I'm getting that information yeah. out both to students and teachers and everybody who needs it. Yes, yes. And I wish I wish more yoga teachers would um, would take this on because it's definitely needed. Yeah. When you started getting groups of women together and talking about the pelvic floor and yoga, did you have any like big surprises when you were doing that? Yeah, I would say the biggest surprise I had was the tightness thing. Oh, so, yeah. So mm-hmm. my, my um, yeah, my preferred method of teaching, is some, you know, sometimes the schedule can only permit a one-day workshop, mm-hmm. but I prefer to do it over two days because I like to give homework to the women in the workshop to uh, do their own pelvic floor massage, and I have a model, and I show them how to do it, and, you know, I describe it in detail so that they don't feel lost doing it. And then we talk about it the next day, like, what did you find? Mm-hmm. And I'm continually amazed how, um, you know, I thought the tightness problem was more of the, more of the smaller problem. Mm-hmm. But what I've really found is that I would say half of the women that come to my workshops end up being more on the tight, the tight end of things. Yeah. And, and again, it's really important to remember that tight isn't strong. Tight is weak. It's just a short, weak muscle as opposed to a long, stretched out, weak muscle. Right. Yeah, so I'll tell the listeners that um, because I've been to your workshop twice, I've done that both times. And the first time I did it, and what's interesting is I was so different side to side. So the left, right. the right side was kind of, you know, okay, and the left side was like a bone. Like I was like, is this it? <laughs> That's how hard it was. Right. Yeah. Right. So interesting. Yeah, and that's another that's another huge piece to healing is we think of our pelvis or pelvic floor. You know, we we call it down there. There's all these vagaries. You, know, right. you can't. Oh, 
two candles, and it's like, okay, I'll just squeeze whatever I can down there. And then, you know, you bring up a really good point is that, you know, one of the things I want people to leave from my workshop is, oh, boy, I never figured me I could be tight. And, oh, I'm only tight on one side. And I'm only tight on the left side. So I have to do some certain things on the left side that I do differently on the right side. Mm -hmm. You know, like things like that. And that can make all the difference of healing someone. Yeah, and I just felt like it was such a powerful piece of information to just connect in that way and get to know my body in a way that I had never even considered or thought was a thing before doing right. that. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, for me, I really see a connection between what we've been talking about in terms of getting to know your body and the pelvic floor being part of that as part of self and body acceptance. Um, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about how that plays in for you whether through your own experience or for your students. So you want to know how the pelvic floor can help with body acceptance? Is that your question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think it's um, going back to the, you know, verboten red circle flash thing. Um, you know, I think that in our culture that a woman's pelvis, it gets the most play and attention. Um, around sexuality right. and around um, giving birth. Mm -hmm. So those are the two um, times when when the pelvis gets like you know front row seat, so to speak. <laughs> and and then other than that, it's just well, you just know it's just going to be there for you. <laughs> right? you, don't really, you just you take it for granted. You you totally take it for granted. Mm -hmm. And. Um, you know, my feeling in my workshops is that if I can teach a woman to have a healthy relationship with her pelvic floor and a healthy pelvic floor, well, then the sexuality and possibly even giving birth um, can be a much uh, easier experience. So, um, so my approach is to build a relationship with your pelvis that's not sexual. Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with sexual, but let, let's just have a normal relationship with it, you know, and put the sexuality aside for a moment. Mm -hmm. And set, oh, like, what, how do I feel about my pelvis, and what does my pelvis do for me, and, you know, have I ever even thought about it before, and, oh, I have, I have voluntary muscles down there, did, did I know that, you know. So, you know, that's kind of uh, the first part. The second part is, you know, as I just explained about, you know, the homework, you know, going inside of yourself and actually touching yourself inside the vagina. Um, and again, not with a sexual goal, but with a, huh, let me investigate. To have a, a curiosity mm -hmm. about uh, this part of my body. Because we are given extremely mixed messages um, in our upbringing and again in media is that, hey, it's okay to go down there for sex, but, you know, what what are you doing down there? You know, like, why right. are you doing that? You know? Um, so, um, so, you know, I think that if you think about what the pelvic floor represents, you know, it's our, it's really our, the seat of ourself, mm. right? It's like, it's like you, you could argue it's the feet and the legs, but really, it, there's this beautiful chalice 
of our pelvic bones that, you know, basically all of our internal organs are, that's the, it's the foundation for all of that. So if your foundation is not healthy or you're disconnected from it, um, you know, that's going to play into, you know, it's something, something's going to happen with your health somewhere along the way. And, um, you know, so building a relationship with your pelvis, um, that's just a healthy curiosity, I think is crucial to any relationship you have with your body that's a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like this is a huge part of, of you, is your pelvis. Yeah, just not blocking yourself from it completely, which I feel like so many people do, me included. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, all of us. I, you know, we've all been given that message, you know, in some way, shape, or form that, you know, you know, there's just, it's out there in, in, the, in our universe. It's like, that is bad or, you know, it, you know, it should only be done in, you know, these parameters. There's all these rules. Mm-hmm. You know, there's tons of rules around, you know, what a woman should or shouldn't do with her pelvis, you know. Um, and it's your pelvis. <laughs> you should right. do whatever you want with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just, uh, you know, it seems like... Uh, you know, the patriarchy in our schools and governments and churches and all that have basically tried to tell us what, what we should and shouldn't do with it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you should have a relationship with it and you should decide, every woman should decide for themselves what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, I totally agree. What is a good place for people to start if they're wanting to learn more about their pelvic floor, whether that's resources or um, ways to connect well, physically or anything like that? Um, yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, my website has a lot. I try, you know, I wish I, wish I could make it even better than it is. I have a lot of articles. Um, I have um, a, a list of books that I think are very good, yeah. um, depending on what your issue is. Um, you know, there's technical books. There's technical books for more strengthening. So let's say you are loose and deep tone in your pelvis. There's some books I think that are better for that. Some books are a little more slanted towards pain and tightness. Um, I would highly recommend a book called Wild Feminine um, by Tammy Kent. And it's, it's, um, it's not a technical book. It's actually more of a spiritual, emotional journey using the pelvic floor as, uh, you know, as your, what should I say, as your tool for, for investigation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it, it's your, you know, she calls it your root. You know, what's your relationship with your root? And, um, yeah, and it gives some really helpful um, exercises. And when I say exercises, I mean, like, um, writing exercises. Uh, you know, just questioning, like, about your matrilinear line, you know, what were the messages, spoken and unspoken, that you got from the female line in your family, uh, you know, all these things that, you know, we don't really, those aren't in, like, the Huffington Post, you know, like, <laughs> like you're thinking about that stuff. So I think it's a really important right. book from that, from that um, respect. Um, there are tons of resources if you want to go issue by issue. You know, there's websites like the, um, the National Continent Society. So, you know, they're dealing with stress, um, stress and urge incontinence. 
Um, there's the International Pelvic Pain Society. Um, that's obviously um, for pelvic pain. They put a conference on every year about mm. pelvic pain with really interesting research going on. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of resources. It depends on what what's your, what are you looking for? If you're looking just for, you know, a few lines, I think my website will give you that. Yeah. Um, if you're looking to go delve deeper, you know, I would recommend any of the books I recommend on my site. Um, and what else? Um, you know, and yeah, when you Google pelvic floor, don't click on the Kegel exercises link, you know, like <laughs> Kegel exercises are not for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's going to be the biggest hit when you put pelvic floor into, into your browsers. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll second, I feel like your website has such great information. I feel like it will lead people, at least give them a path to take um, from there. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add? Well, I guess I'm just going to say my site is yeah. leslyhowardyoga.com. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, if any yoga teachers are listening, I twice a year I do a training. Um, to focus on therapeutic yoga for to apply for pelvic floor issues, and um, I call it "I'm starting a pelvic revolution," <laughs> and I, I need I need people to join me, <laughs> and so um, I would encourage anyone with an interest in this area to check that out. So, yeah. Um, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, beyond the teaching part of it, you know, just if you're a yoga practitioner to to think about developing a relationship with your pelvis to, you know, what I say in my workshops is, you know, you need to talk to it and you need to listen to it and you need to care for it and you need to love it. Um, because a lot of times when there's problems, let's say there's incontinence or pain, what a lot of women will do is um, disconnect. Mm. They'll, they'll disconnect disembody that part of themselves and I like to use the analogy of you know think about your pelvis the problem that you're having as a friend telling you that they're having that something's not going so well in their life like what would your reaction be to your friend you would be compassionate and you would be supportive and you would be loving that, that's what you would do to a friend who was saying, you know, something's not working in my life. I'm not sure what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, to, to make that yourself and your pelvis um, and to not vilify um, your body parts. It's really not productive. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you well, so much for being here and sharing. I think this is going to be so helpful for people. And I hope everyone listening I hope will. So. Go check out your website, and we will link the articles that you mentioned so folks can check those okay. out, too. Yeah. Terrific. All right. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you. Appreciate you having All right. Okay. Take care. Yeah, you too.